What's going on, everybody? Daryl Freighter, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app, the number one community for DJs to get paid for your live stream sets. Today, we have my brother Baps here to tell us his DJ story. Brother, can you please introduce yourself, tell the people who you are and where you're from? Yeah, let's do it. My name is Brandon. I go by Baps on the stage, and I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, moved to Southern California in 2012, and established myself as a DJ up in Santa Barbara, California in 2015. Been DJing for six years, but always been interested in music. So um, DJing is this natural thing when you've got that taste in music, you know? So people found out and then I found out that I love DJing. So here we are five years later, got a company brewing called Comfort Food. And what we try to do is platform other DJs in the area. Uh, the story of comfort food is a, is a good one, so I hope I get to tell it. But that's the nutshell right there. Awesome, brother. You're definitely going to be able to tell it. This is the My DJ Story podcast, so we want to hear it all. You know, okay. we want to start with the beginning. Talk to us about what sparked your interest as a DJ and walk us through your story leading up to today where you're talking about comfort food. So give yeah. us the beginning run through and then just bring us there. The beginning's a good one, man. So if you know about Southern California, you know that there's pockets of uh, boroughs and just like different ways that neighborhoods function. And Santa Barbara is about 60 miles north of Los Angeles proper. That's right up to 101. It's an affluent area, mostly white. And when you have someone that looks like me walking around, we kind of peer and we see each other, you know, that head nod comes in real clutch right there. So the story goes is I'm at a I'm working my day job as a web developer at a software company. Well, no, software hardware in the audio space. It's called Sonos. They make speakers for your house, wireless stuff. Just a great company to work for overall, but heavily vested in the music space. Now, there's a bar right around the corner from our office where we all like to hang out and do a after hours thing or um, happy hour type of thing. And me and the boys were hanging out over there and the bar owner approached us saying, hey, you are the type of people that I'm looking to have at my next bar that I'm gonna open next door. Would you guys like to check that out as a sneak preview and see what it's about? Now, <laughs> this person was not well-dressed, did not look like they owned a bar, and was highly suspect. <laughs> but uh, me having an adventurous spirit said, why not? That sounds like fun to me. And the rest of my friends that they were that I was with looked at him and said, no way, not as adventurous as Brandon. You go have fun and let us know if you need help. <laughs> so I follow him next door and sure enough, he's got a, a ring of keys and he starts opening and unlocking a door to a beautiful bar that was being built. The bar that we were in, that he approached us in, is called the Wildcat. The Wildcat is a, uh, it is a Santa Barbara staple. Um, people like, even just like hot names like Katy Perry will come to Santa Barbara and during her time of coming up and studying here in the area, that's where she went to go get her drink on, get her dance on and everything like that. So it's got a storied history. Now that same owner wanted to recreate a place for his older and more mature uh, patrons. And that's where we came in. We were about 27, 28 at the time. And he's noticing that that bar is a very much 21 to 25 uh, focus. And now he wants to focus on a different group. That's when he saw us kind of young professionals as these places with a bit of money and disp uh, dispensable income, but also trying to look stylish and dressed well. Say, like, I wanna build a bar for those people. So he had me come over and visit and we're talking just like the lighting was perfect, the furniture was perfect and the drinks were gonna be just these curated thing. He was, he was gonna take the modern leap, you know, in 2015, all these boutique, uh, areas were coming up and he's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to corner that market. When he gave me the tour of the place, he said, 
what music should I play in here? That's really what I'm trying to figure out is because once I establish myself and I open my doors, the first thing that you're, you're gonna get hit with your senses. What do you see? What do you feel and what do you hear? And I said, yo man, you really gotta nail in on the Neo R&B vibe that's going on right now. It's 2015, this is what pop music is about to be. This is what, you know, this is what's gonna come next. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 50s, I'm late 50s. What is Neo Soul? What are you talking <laughs> Like, okay, let, let, me, let me turn you on to that. And he asked me, do you have any examples on your phone or anything like that? I'm like, well, I just so happen to always be listening to playlists, so let's go. He plugs my phone in, and this is an empty bar, so it's just me and him, it's not open yet, and I plug it into his system and start playing him some things from Selection Radio and some things from uh, some uh, KCRW, kind of like deeper hits in there. Uh, if you're not familiar, KCRW is an NPR station that mostly focuses on new artists, people like James Blake and, and um, let's see, uh, S.G. Lewis. You'll find these kind of people in that pocket. So I'm playing him the new vibe. This is 2015. It's, it's fun. This is still the music I love today, but uh, it's fun to talk about this story now and who I was listening to. So I play him this music and I see his eyes pop open because he's imagining it being Friday evening, maybe 11.30, 12 o'clock midnight, and you've got this smooth music playing over because like I said, the place next door is a high energy place and he wanted a DJ that wouldn't try and overtake that. You shouldn't try and, and compete with the place next door and just really know your space. His name is Bob. Bob is the owner of the Wildcat. And then this new bar was called the Bobcat. Wonder how he came up with that name. It's no mystery. <laughs> so uh, the story goes, I play him that music and the rest is history. He says, you've got to be at least a part of this place, the music story of this new bar. And I said, I've never DJed. I'm just here to tell you what music is good. And um, he took me up on that. He said, well, would you like to try? And I'm like, yes, I, I absolutely would. I believe that there's a free drink and a, uh, you know, like maybe some food in there and I'm the curator of the music. You mean to tell me that I am going to have the ox for four hours straight and no one can tell me nothing. Okay, no worries. So, that meeting ends. I say, Bob, I'll be in touch. I run back to my uh, table with where my friends were next door. I was gone for probably a half hour or so. And they came back. They were looking at me like, you went away with a strange looking man who said he owns the place and he did not look like he owns the place. I tell them, not only does he own the place, but I'm gonna need y'all to help me do the music for next door because that bar is going to open and trust me, it's going to be our new favorite bar. And that's exactly how that went down. What we ended up having to do though, was we had to name ourselves. And if everybody knows when you get an opportunity to represent something, it's like, it's always fun to come up with band names or, or crew names and stuff like that. And uh, we were just joking about it. Like, okay, okay. What kind of name? And, um, we came up with a few, but the one that really stuck out was DJ Comfort Food. We just thought that that would hit the right area and give you a good sense of what you're gonna feel uh, just by the name. And when we had that, it's like, okay, I've got this good friend who's really good at graphic design. Let me see if I can take this concept over to them and, and uh, see if we can't create something like an old like a vintage uh, or diner or something like that, like make it look kind of print, but give you the vibe. And she knocked it out of the park. She works up in Portland. We went to college together back in Ohio, but uh, we stayed in touch. And it's easier to stay in touch with people in your time zone. So I guess the West Coast represents itself that way. So I bring her the name and I say, this is what I'm gonna do. And she comes back out with this uh, design after about a couple of weeks. 
perfect. I'm gonna plaster that on a couple of uh, photos of me and, and see what happens. The bar owner was ecstatic. After I showed him some like some of the first things because we had the bar hadn't opened yet, but I'm gonna be there right when they open and I'll be one of the first DJs there. And so it's Bobcat Room featuring comfort food. That's, and that was like the first. And so this year we will celebrate um, five years of having worked together. But that first night I came through with just the jams, man, the James Blake, the, the, the things that people, they want to hear or they didn't know they wanted to hear it. And of course you got people that want to have requests of their own songs and things like that. But when you start playing a certain genre, a certain vibe, that's when people understand that, oh, he's playing the stuff that I like. He's playing the stuff that I was listening to on the way here. Cause typically a DJ might not be in your, in your zone, but these guys are. I had two people with me at the time. And um, so we were able to take breaks and, and rotate. So we had three different flavors of music taste going on, but it was all within the same realm of modern, classic. Oh, we had this tagline. We had this tagline, it's called Fresh Jams, Dope Beats and Hot Sauce. So it was comfort food, fresh jams, dope beats, hot sauce, these curated drinks. And so we just really had a vibe from, from day one. And then that's really how it got started. Oh, wow, brother. First and foremost, you are a fantastic storyteller. I feel like I could envision this whole scenario. <laughs> Did I take you there? Oh, perfectly right. and vividly. And secondly, that's an amazing intro to your DJ career from going from not being a DJ at all to being the mastermind behind a new dope venue like this is amazing man i i am just blown away by this story is literally something that you cannot make up that has happened and timing and everything just worked out in your favor and you took it and you ran with it you already had a team in place and just kind of just went for it and were successful at it and now you're just going and building on top of that man i would love to hear where did you go from there and how does this story progress from there that's a great question. I'm glad that I can paint the picture because it is one of those things when you reflect on it, you realize how many opportunities that you said yes to that that bared some fruit. And so you mentioned the team and I did have a team of Alessandro and Jerome. Now these two guys, I told you I didn't know how to DJ, but they did. I met Alessandro and he's... Um, he grew up kind of all over the place, but um, has a, a real home in, in Minnesota and the East Coast. And then Jerome, he's born and bred out of uh, Camarillo or, or um, some some place in the 805, and um, which 805 is the Santa Barbara County uh, area code. It includes Ventura, uh, people like Anderson Pac and, um, and Kyle are from that area, tons of like, music heads are in this area you know the skate scene the surf scene so they just have this whole thing built into their blood so i had some help and that help is what brought us from opening this bar to introducing ourselves to other people in the community a lot of djs will come into an area and need to kind of prove their worth and if they want gigs they'll have to go over to the uh the club and and meet people and and try and um and try and make their way through the other people already DJing. So in that sense, we already had this kind of advantage because we were approached by the owner of the place. So we got to skip a couple of levels that I think each DJ kind of needs to go through. But then also I'm working as a unit. Comfort food was, it was actually a point where we had to understand was, Am, is Brandon Scott comfort food or is comfort food more representative of a crew? While I will be at the helm because of the uh, creativity that, that I'm pouring into it and, and you can we can follow under this, um, it was quickly uh, established that this was going to be a, a, a group effort, a, an effort that represents more than one person stronger together kind of thing. And so from there, 
we would attract the people to the bar and then from the bar the people would be interested in having us play at their private parties or at the, at other bars and that's how we could represent ourselves individually hence the name baps uh, baps is an old nickname that i had back in the day and then the two other guys um let's see it's jay roams the world so he's got that world vibe on his music and then uh rock in the building uh is is alessandro so yeah you have the crew as comfort food but then you have the individual djs that you can invite out to your private event but we would still have the foundation because you need to come with your equipment and you need to come with the right attitude and it's hard to run all this stuff by yourself but when you have a support group hey let's get up let's get some coffee let's go grab the equipment and let's make sure that whomever got hired for the gig is set up so that they don't have to stress about the microphones and the in the speaker angles and stuff like that so everything just really kind of felt like we were able to provide the service that people often looked for when it was just one person we've seen so many people out there and we don't even i don't want to call them our competition maybe our peers that are also working in the music entertainment industry just watch them with their dollies and kind of like wow this is a one-stop person right here like they got the music they got the microphone they have to remember the names for the wedding they got to remember all this um whereas when we worked as a unit as a crew almost everything came a bit easier for us so that enabled us to branch out to other services like corporate gigs i work at sonos all of us worked at sonos at first so this is an audio company focused on speakers so sure enough once they found out that they had a little crew that got born out of there that they, they hired us to come in and play some of the events for uh, the company when they had a, an all hands event when there's two or three hundred people trying to mix it up and so from the bar you have the people that uh got our we got their attention and then from our corporate uh ties well that's just gonna give you even more corporate gigs you have the partners and the families and the friends of people coming in that work at these other um these other industries and, and other companies around the area well shoot i saw what they did at sonos and we want that over here at our company so comfort food can you do what you did for sonos over here at Deckers, which is a shoe company, or um, or just just a few others to name a few. Uh, it just kind of that was our evolution from the bar into corporate, and then from corporate into just a community at, at large. Wow, that's truly amazing, and I'm glad that you illustrated it like that because it shows that one opportunity can lead to other opportunities, but you got to say yes to those initial opportunities because a lot of people, things come their way and they just pass on them for whatever reason. They don't see the value in investing your time and energy in certain things because they don't see what's it gonna lead to. Understand, you have to start somewhere and you gotta be open-minded to receive opportunities. You were open-minded when a random stranger walked up to you and wanted to speak to you about something that you had no clue about what was going on but that led to an amazing opportunity. And so many people are out there that are blocking these opportunities from entering their lives and blessing them and allowing them to reach great heights, but because you said no when it first hit your doorstep. And please use this example as something that's gonna give you more confidence to invest time and energy in things that may not look like it's amazing at face value, but give it a shot, dive into things, take some risks and grow your opportunities just like my brother here has done <laughs> successfully um, I'm super excited. This is an amazing story, man. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit about the most recent years with this whole pandemic and how it's affect your venue and comfort food and your DJ career. Talk to me about the current state of everything and how it's going. Absolutely. This is a, I'm really glad that you asked because I do know that the current climate has been on everyone's mind but as far as an authentic connection about it, I think that they're hard to come by. Um, we have, a, I don't know if it's American or whatever, but we have a culture of people that tend to focus 
or we tend to come around to negativity. And, and that's like, I mean, just think about the way that maybe if you have a, a day job and one of the things that you do with those people is complain about your job and about the other people that are working there. And that's essentially, I mean, I can say for me that that has been one of the things that keeps us together is our negativity towards this other thing. And I think that that's pretty sad. And that's what happens on social media during, um, during the pandemic is just how poorly we are all kind of uh, working through this or just the struggle. And I get it. But as, as I feel like you have this platform right now that's focusing on what has worked or, or what, what are, the, are the things that you are feeling good about or, or what's, what's the progression like? So I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, it's, it's, I don't even think even the people around me are asking like that kind of thing. And so it's exciting to get asked just, hey, how has the past year treated this endeavor that you've been on? So what I can tell you is that when the venues closed, it was sad just as it was for every uh, music community or entertainment community. We didn't understand that such a thing was going to happen. You know, we understood that people were getting sick and we understood that uh, there was, it was an airborne illness and things like that. But um, what we didn't have in mind was a, a world without concerts, you know, around this time last year. It was, it was still even April and like, okay, we're gonna close some restaurants and stuff. It's like, ah, oh, man, that's a bummer. But hey, you know, summer's gonna come up and we're probably gonna have this all figured out. And then we did it. And that forced a lot of us to navigate a space that we hadn't navigated before. And that's including our original employer. Comfort Food has been with Bobcat Room every week or every at least once a month for the past five years and we were we're not the most integral part to that business of course it's the bartenders the servers the security but as part of the entertainment bob is very proud that he found this this eclectic group this group of people that pretty much you can only get this kind of music here at the at like it's so we felt like family and so we understood that they were uh, going to close their doors and then adhere to the um, the CDC guidelines of uh, of not operating. And and so what that had us do was uh, understand what we what can we do, what should we do. And one of the things that we came to around fall was we should maybe pivot because each DJ, each person in entertainment, each creative person has more than one way that they express their art. And DJing is typically one of them. A lot of people are DJ slash visual artists, uh, producers, engineers, and they wanna get into podcasting or, or, or drawing on, on tablets and, and making digital art. And one of the things that Comfort Food has always had a interest in is design. And so when we look at the waffle hat right here, this is an original piece by one of the guys that works as a DJ with Comfort Food, but has a real vested interest in fashion. And so we started looking at how can we continue to represent the Comfort Food brand and, and ideas uh, without playing live in an area. Well, we could run a studio services um, adventure. And so I put together a GoFundMe under the suggestion of several people that are looking to support the arts. Uh, like you said, with open-mindedness, uh, GoFundMe and things like that, they require you to be pretty humble. To ask your community for help, that's a big, kind of ask for people that tend to build things themselves. But when it comes down to it, I have places where I have a tight grip. I like to call it closed hands or open hands. And I had my hands closed to my community. Like, I don't know if I want to do GoFundMe because I don't really know if I can, well, what can I do? And we came up with a plan on opening a studio services uh, brand where we not only 
teach our uh, people how to to operate and navigate in the, in these different areas, like we, where we can teach producing. Basically, we all taught each other about the other things that we're interested in beyond DJing. So we put some money together, five of us at the time, rented a Airbnb, and we all just traveled uh, about two miles away, no, not two, 20 miles away to a space called Ojai, um, California. And it was all the people that had been contributing to Comfort Food for the past year. And we learned a lot about Ableton from one of the group members. We learned a lot about live streaming from one of the group members. We learned a lot about fashion from one of the group members. And we learned a lot about education services from one of the group members. These things, we came up with a little itinerary and we learned not only a lot more about each other that we weren't learning when we were just gigging, but we learned that we had a opportunity now that we're not out there with gigs that we could compile this into the next version of Comfort Food and launch what's now gonna be Comfort Food Studio. And through that, we generated a GoFundMe where we outlined our plan and the community that we had served, I mean, Comfort Food got involved with a lot of local organizations. So we were doing pro bono work for art shows, for uh, nonprofits, for, for high schools. So we really kind of kept that yes attitude. And then once we said, hey, community, we've got this new idea. Do you stand behind us? And the wallets opened up. I, I can't tell if it was uh, a combination of being around the holidays, um, as well as a what, small business week or small business day in, in November. But we ended up raising $12,000. And that is a really amazing amount of money for an endeavor that started as that, that started where I just explained from um, from a guy saying, hey, do you guys want to check out a new bar? Um, but we did put in the work between there to establish ourselves in the community and say, hey, we have these new ideas. We want to make merchandise. We want to we don't want to just put our logo on something. We want to generate a, a, a feeling and, and and you guys know us through music, but maybe you can know us through these other um, through these other ways. And so that took a lot of mental navigation, a lot of new thinking, a lot of a lot of humbleness because yeah, we can sit there and be kind of uh, remorseful about the current state of things, but I'm blessed to have a group of people around me at the time that was encouraging about, well, what can we do? What are the things that are gonna keep us driving towards success? And, and uh, so coming up with a, a new business plan over the, the past year gave us that life to uh, keep us hungry up into where we're having this conversation now. So now when I see an ad uh, or when I, when I come across uh, the club platform and it says, hey, do you wanna tell a DJ story? I'm like, I've got one. <laughs> I really do have one. So uh, this is amazing, man. I'm really happy that you said yes and you came onto the show. And saying yes has been something that got you very far in life. So I hope <laughs> that you continue to say yes to opportunities and continue to strive in them. And I would love to hear, you know, what ways can myself, my community, the club, everyone, the listeners can support and continue to help you on your journey? What are some things you focus on now? How can we support you? Absolutely. So comfort, just like every other uh, entertainment or uh, the, the things out there that are available to us as creators are things like social media and but also the space that the club is uh, actually working with. It's it's engagement. It's it's finding out who your community is and then making sure that they're good. So please give us a follow on, on Instagram or, or check out our website. 
uh, check out our GoFundMe. That has the GoFundMe has the the story to date, and don't feel an obligation to donate because we don't know each other like that. But that's where the story is, and that's where you can find where we're going. And if you find us, tell us about the places where you like to see the types of things that we're doing. Oh, you guys are listening to the new uh, Carmack track you guys are listening to the new uh oh versus is going off right now i mean it's just like versus versus would never be where it's at without people telling each other about it <laughs> like no no creator can live in a vacuum so it's checking us out on instagram at comfortfood.studio it's checking me out uh, at my personal one uh, on on baps on instagram but it's, it's like not checking it out. It's like, yo, do you like this? And do you have something to say? Hit us with a comment because there's too many bots out there having fake conversations, you know? So if you can hear my voice right now, please give us a visit and then tell us what you're enjoying. Um, tell us like how, uh, g- give us a compliment. It, and it's not like, I'm not trying to say like, I'm only going to feed on like this this fake positivity is like, just truly engage with what you want to engage with so that the authentic creators know that they're reaching the people that they need to reach. Uh, it's, it's so confusing to be in a, in a place that's run by these follower numbers when a lot of it's been fabricated. The only thing that works is saying yes to a meeting like Daryl and I did for this one and then going out and finding those like-minded people that create what you like and telling them. There's, there's nothing worse uh, than, than a creator that doesn't know that they truly have touched someone with their art. Wow, brother, that's powerful. And I really hope everyone takes you up on that and get engaged with everything that you and Comfort Food are doing. Just super exciting, man. And before we jump into the lightning round, do you have any parting pieces of advice for our DJs out there that are looking to strive and reach levels of success that you've gotten so quickly as well? What advice do you have um, before we jump into the lightning round? Absolutely. Advice for DJs and, and creators at large is to practice and to definitely be willing to suck at your craft and and be willing to be good at it and then to actually fall back down and realize that you have to climb back up. Be mindful of your plateaus. Be mindful that when you say yes to an opportunity and you go and you kill that opportunity that you will have to get that energy back and do it again because I just, I just realized that in my own career that while one experience, while one of my sets was crazy great, that I had to pour that energy into another set. And then that was very difficult to conjure up the courage and energy to create myself again. I thought once I did it once, that that would be it. I felt the feeling. I was in the movement. I was in the crowd. I was feeling myself and I was, I mean, I think the word of advice is don't rest on your laurels because it can get really comfortable once you've figured out some type of formula, but that's going to eat away at your own motivation. It's gonna make it harder for you to do what's necessary for your next step. So it's to continually stay motivated by, by stretching yourself and and doing that new thing playing something playing the track that you want to hear instead of the crowd pleaser that's hard but you have to you you got it because like the, the more that you don't do that the more that you're cheapening what you believe yourself to be as an artist and your our minds are muscles if you keep doing that it's gonna be harder and harder and harder to get to your true art than uh, than to uh, continue to play just top 40. And then who are you as a DJ then? You might as well be a jukebox. And no offense to any jukeboxes out there, we know that they, that they have their place. But if you're trying to make a statement, you gotta practice making that statement and you gotta play that weird track that you have. You gotta break that artist that you have rather than going to the safety of an established artist. 
Wow, that's amazing advice, man. We're gonna jump into the lightning round now. Are you ready? I'm scared. I'm ready. I'm nervous. I've never done a lightning round before, but I'm gonna do my best. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. All right, let's do it. Let's start with software. I am my best DJ on Native Instruments Tractor. And Tractor is the, um, it's just the flagship of Native Instruments for DJs. And then I also use their best hardware at, to date called the Tractor S8. It's a four channel mixer with, uh, doesn't have jog wheels. It has these little scratch pads and I think this, I think that this thing came out in 2012 or something like that. It came out a while ago. So there's a lot of uh, better, not better, but uh, more modern equipment out there. But I've played my best sets on the S8 and that's, it just gives you this crazy amount of granular control over your loops. I'm a big loop and drum break DJ. So when I catch like the when I catch a loop at the end and then I can rock an acapella and, but with the four channels, that's my sweet spot. So S8 tractor and then the tractor uh, software. Who's your favorite DJ? How could you do this to me? Okay. My favorite DJ, man. All right, hold up. I got, I got a little, a little list right here. I'm going to have to say it's this dude, Andre Power. He's part of the selection crew. And I know that selection has a lot of uh, just, I mean, their talent roster is crazy. Uh, and Joe K being at the top, I think he's just an excellent curator. Though Andre has a energy. One, it's hard to be good on the mic. And Andre just has this voice that his love for music permeates through the speakers. I think that, yeah, you have your tracks, but it's about who can really convince you that this is the most important music at this moment. And, and I just feel like every time I've seen him perform, I, I leave in just a better headspace. Uh, and I, I think his track selection combined with the way he mixes, combined with his voice just invigorating us is just, I'm this tops, man. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJed at and why? I'll tell you that I'm so glad you asked me. So here in Santa Barbara, you have many artists that are going to be traveling up and down the coast. It's a coastal city. So it's right on the 101, the uh, highway that connects pretty much down from uh, up from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego. So you got all these cities on the way. Santa Barbara is a small town. It's a university town. So we don't get every great artist like from LA to wherever, but we do get quite a few people who are traveling in between. I've been a big fan of this visual and music artist named Tycho. And he's just a, um, just a beast with synthesizers and, and his, his drums are always fun and cool and energetic. And so he was playing a DJ set. And I do think that a lot of times people in bands will have DJ sets if that's part of their interest. But one of the things that he does is play these sunrise and sunset DJ sets at a huge event, uh, Burning Man. I've never been to a Burning Man, but I'll listen to these sets that he's playing there because he'll release them on SoundCloud afterwards. And they're just like these cool atmospheric, just real groovy, groovy stuff. So he was coming to Santa Barbara and we all knew about it. I mean, when you're in music production, you just like, you can't ignore this name. He's, he's got, I think I'm pretty sure he's Grammy nominated and, and all that. So he's an important guy to know. And then when you live in a small town, someone like that coming to your town, everyone from the music lovers to the music makers are going to be there. I happened to be in the right place at the right time when the promoter for the event, I don't know, man, he must have clocked out or someone must have dropped off or something. But we were working on another event. And he just, at some point in the meeting, looks up to me and says, hey, um, 
I need an opener for Tyco on, on Friday. Can you do it? I'm like, what is happening? How have you not booked that slot yet? Yes, <laughs> no doubt yes. Let me tell you about this thing. One, Tyco is one of my favorite uh, producers. So I got to hang, got to uh, open up that show. But the venue itself is this science center that operates as a makeshift venue when you put a stage and some lights up there. And when I say up there, I mean the rooftop. We played on a rooftop. I opened a rooftop party for one of my favorite artists at a science center so you can get all nerdy and geeky, like, like play with the experiments and stuff and just have this time, this, uh, it was a combination of so many things, but uh, also to play music near the ocean and, and have like this just euphoric feeling that um, that you're just, you're, the world really escapes when you're on the third floor of a place and you've got the open air and Santa Barbara has this mountain view, but also this ocean view at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was the easiest show. It was, it was easy because I really loved everything about it. Uh, and then also, like you said, with uh, like we've been saying, the yes to opportunities, I think by that point, <laughs> the promoter must've said, this guy says yes to the right things. So I'm gonna ask him to uh, play, play this joint. And so I got to put it about two hours before one of my own favorite artists. And that was just a real special night. I know it's supposed to be a lightning round, but I'm a long-winded guy, man. Who's the most interesting person you've met throughout your DJ career? Ooh. I'm going to say that it's actually a guy that I DJ with now. And um, that's his name is Derek, and he goes by Doxwell. And Derek is the most interesting guy that I've met because... Sometimes I think people, when they have talent, they don't know exactly how to uh, to express it or to articulate it. And so Derek was a guy that was hanging around us um, when we were doing our sets over at Bobcat. And he had this interest in not necessarily joining the crew, but just like being a person around this energy. And lo and behold, he he had this secret power. He had he had the he had the DJ sauce but he didn't put it on. So we're all hanging around the, the club and um, and it's a lounge, so it's it's easy to like move around. It's, it's not the loudest place so you can have an easy conversation. So Derek's asking the crew, the DJ crew, uh, like, yo, uh, if I wanted to like kind of spin, like what kind of, what, what, which, which hardware software would you guys suggest? And so we gave him a suggestion and this guy pulls his phone out and he orders like exactly what we said, like, like right there, like at the bar, like, like he's going to get this stuff like the next day. And we're like, well, OK, Derek, I guess you're going to get started. <laughs> this guy, he used to DJ back, I guess, a, a while ago, probably a few years back, but he's going to get back into it with us. And then he is an engineer over at Apple right now. And so when you have an engineering mind, you just approach things in a, in, a, in a different way. This young man will be on, like, you know how I mentioned the four decks? I mean, two decks is enough. I mean, just DJing a party, that's hard enough. But um, he, his DJ sets are kind of like Excel sheets. Like, it's like a, it's this math problem that he's solving on how to, I feel like he's got the next two minutes figured out. When you watch behind the behind the decks, I mean, yeah, when the music sounds good, that's one thing. But when you can watch and it's a visual thing, I, I just feel like that is one thing that you can't teach. You can't teach someone to be interested in that form, in that approach where you've got a track that's three minutes out, but it's in the queue, but it's already lined up. So he can just work with the effects. He can work with the transitions. And it's all like, it's all like a surprise. It's all just very delightful. And uh, so from a guy who just doesn't believe, he, he should have all the clout. He should walk into the room and be like, who wants what? But 
those people tend to actually stay, kind of stay back a little bit and, and let their skills talk. And so uh, Derek's been the most interesting guy in the career so far, for sure. What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? Wow, thank you for asking. One of the things that I was nervous about and, and uh, didn't want to do right off jump, I think that we, um, the bedroom sets, you know, those were fun right around March. And then they, I kind of got burned out on seeing a DJ like in their slides, like, you know, just kind of doing the shit. I think one of the things that's missing is probably a more personal touch. Maybe there's, there's a way to get a show like feeling in your living room, but no matter what, your living room isn't where you go to have a show experience. You can try, you can turn out all the lights and, and try and set up some mood lighting and, 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 uh, and on all these things. But I think what's missing is the acknowledgement from the entertainment and DJ industry at large that this is not a show, that this is not the same thing. Even broadcasting Coachella from, because it's, like, it's not like this is new. Coachella has been able to live stream their shows to your living room the whole time. Now, DJs that aren't as large, that the productions aren't as large as Coachella are doing pretty much the same thing. But how on earth are you gonna compete with millions of, of, of dollars and, and, and like the atmosphere of, of a big, big show from your living room? I feel like that's what we weren't doing. And, and so what's missing is the acknowledgement that these are not the same thing. Like when you turn on your webcam and, and, uh, and, and, you're, and you're playing your sets, there's gotta be something a bit more compelling than your, uh, than just your camera. So what am I what am I talking about? Multiple camera angles. So we're talking OBS software or however you're going to be able to do that. We're talking about visuals that can uh, keep the the uh, vis viewer engaged, uh, and then and then some type of interactivity, some type of way to. I mean, yeah, of course we all miss dapping up when we meet each other, but maybe there's some way like a QR code, something that I can engage with with my phone because if all I'm looking at is someone mixing tunes that I've seen mixed before, if I've even seen the person perform before, I'm getting nothing new from the experience and I'm getting lost on it. So I'm looking for ways to engage with this music and art in a way that I haven't before. Um, and I, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is I'm not quite sure what that is specifically, but I do know that the difference between a really high production company uh, taking a, you know, live streaming and, and the uh, bedroom or, or uh, just a, you know, local venue DJ, uh, acknowledge the difference between those two things and offer something that's unique to you because that's what you do at the club. But when you're online, if you're trying to stream on a Friday night and people could watch versus or you, just, just find a way to make your stream uniquely yours so that I feel like I'm within a community. Because if I'm just out here listening to tracks, well, I can just do that myself. And shout out to DJs that you know personally whose stories also need to be shared on this podcast. Oh, another DJ that needs to be shared on this podcast? Absolutely, man. I'm gonna shout out one of the other comfort food uh, DJs and studio uh, guys at Nyris. Uh, his name is Colin, uh, he's local here. Let's see, another DJ. I would love to hear from, I mean, if, if it's okay to put on a uh, someone a bit more up up there. Uh, her name is Noodles and she's Kalani's DJ. And 
what's, and this is what I mean by people that are offering a different type of experience when they view her DJing. She's she's engaging with the people on, on her Twitch. She's she's come up with like, kind of like, almost like inside jokes and, 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 and things that kind of like, you know, when you're in the crew, you're in the crew. She makes you feel like you're in the crew. So I'd love to hear from her because I think the way that she came into her notoriety and everything through, um, I think she really just came up big with Kalani, but if she were asked the same questions, we learn a lot more beyond that story. And I do believe that she stands on her own in, in that right. So I'm gonna give you the local guy, Nyris, uh, definitely. I'll give you his contact. And then if you can somehow, uh, <laughs> let's try and get noodles on here. Awesome. Yeah, we look forward to hearing their stories one day. And any DJ that's interested in being on the show can sign up at djsignup.com. And brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events? Yeah, absolutely. Please find me on Instagram at BAPS. It's B-B-A-A-P-P-S-S underscore. And then uh, it's the same username on Twitter. And those are the two uh, best places to find me. If you want to find some work and then look at uh, the way that Comfort Food Studio is operating, hit us up at comfortfood.studio. There's no .com. It's just comfortfood.studio. And that's where you can find out our story and our services and what we offer. That's things from live streaming to education to producing. Uh, check us out. Wow, brother. This has been an amazing interview, man. Such a great storyteller. And I had a lot of fun doing this interview. So thank you for your time. People, everyone listening, please follow BAPS, follow Comfort Food. Check out them. They're doing an amazing job in the DJ industry and just in the entertainment space in general. Awesome, amazing story, man. And I'm really glad that you were able to spend time with us today. Thank you. You got it, man. Catch you next time.